Welcome into Locked On Phillies. It's our trade deadline special episode. What should the Philadelphia Phillies do? What do I think the Philadelphia Phillies should do? And who are the big targets that they should look at with the deadline looming to improve this roster for the postseason? We've got all you need to know on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies. Your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Thank you so much for checking us out here. Locked On Phillies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can hear me alternatively on 97.5 The Fanatic on the radio, NBC Sports Philadelphia on the television side if you want to check me out on TV every once in a while, credentialed Philadelphia Phillies media member. And this is my second year uh, being your host of Locked On Phillies. Happy to be here, happy because the Phillies beat the Orioles, and happy because Dave Dombrowski is the GM. Before we jump into exactly what I want to see the Philadelphia Phillies do, We've got, I'm recording this on Thursday as well, just for time frame reference. So if you're watching this Friday and you're like, all these guys have already been traded, I can't help it, folks. I'll post the video. I can't help when you watch it. But uh, as of right now, all these guys are still available for trades. The Phillies will play the Pirates Friday night, 7.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to every pitch of that game on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. Getting that stuff out of the way because I still need to hit everything I need to, even though this is a special episode here. Let's talk just in general uh, what Dave Dombrowski means come trade deadline. Now, Dave Dombrowski as a GM, this is a guy that builds contenders. He doesn't do rebuilds. He doesn't do tanking. He doesn't do any of that stuff. And he certainly doesn't not go all in. It's a double negative. But he, he likes to go all in. I'll put it that way. Come trade deadline if he believes his team is a contender. And I don't know if you know this, folks, but the Philadelphia Phillies won the National League pennant last year and went to the World Series. I'd call them a darn contender. And there are spots where they need to add. Dave Dombrowski is the right man for the job. Last year, they needed some help with starting pitching. They needed some help in the bullpen. And they needed some help out in the outfield. And he went and acquired Brandon Marsh. Looks great right now. Noah Syndergaard. Hey, he did what you needed him to do last year. And David Robertson, who you knew was kind of a rental piece. And you got that job done as well. And it ended up uh, promoting or pushing, propelling, we'll say, the Philadelphia Phillies to the playoffs through the playoffs, and to the World Series. So, yes, it was great work by Dave Dombrowski last year. And uh, this year, I expect more of the same. In fact, I expect him to be more aggressive this year. Seeing what he saw last year from the team, I think really opened up his uh, opportunities to go out and spend prospects and assets and everything like that to go ahead and get a bunch of players. And I say a bunch. I think there will be multiple moves. But get players to bring in here to help the Philadelphia Phillies make another run like they did last year. So if you were doubting Dave Dombrowski is the right man for the job, don't. I think he absolutely is. Now let's talk needs because we've talked about this a little bit before. But needs that the Philadelphia Phillies currently have, you need a left fielder, one that you can trust. That's definitely a need for your Philadelphia Phillies. Right now it's a combination of Jake Cave and Johan Rojas and I don't hate either of those players. I don't think Jake Cave is a starting left fielder on a World Series team, though. And I don't know that Rojas is proven enough to be that yet, even though he's very good defensively. I'd rather have a veteran out there. So we're going to talk about left field. 
there's still an interesting dynamic in the infield with third base and first base. Bryce Harper, if he's not going to be your everyday first baseman, maybe you're looking at a position where you might need to improve or bring in a right-handed bat because the Phillies need more right-handed bats, a righty bat, power bat that would be on the bench and can also play first base. Maybe they'll look at that. Maybe a third baseman. Now, that only exists for one man, and it sounds like he might be heading to Los Angeles, and we'll talk about Nolan Arenado uh, later on in this episode. But the other thing that you need, besides relief pitching, which I think they're going to add relief pitchers, and I'm going to talk to you about some of the top free agent relievers available on the market as well later on in the episode, but uh, they want to improve their starting pitching. Christopher Sanchez has been good in that fifth spot in the starting rotation, but you bring in a proven veteran, that's got more of a track record than Sanchez, you really put yourself into a great spot when it comes to what the starting rotation looks like. So that's the general preview of what we're going to get into. Now let's start with some outfielders because I had to do a little bit of a change to my note sheet. I had this note sheet ready. This is going to be uh, an episode for yesterday or earlier today. And one of these guys got moved earlier. I had Lucas Giolito as a target for the Philadelphia Phillies, and he is now in Los Angeles with the Angels. Let's start with the outfielders, though. And I put this together. Actually, I did a live stream uh, for my friends over at Bleacher Report, and you can go ahead and check that out on the Bleacher Report app if you wanted to, to watch what I had to say there. But my first guy is Adam Duvall. I've talked to you about him a couple times on the podcast before. Let me fully break down to you why I like Adam Duvall so much. All right, He's been a gold glove outfielder as recently as 2021. Uh, he's a part of a World Series team in that same year with Atlanta. He's batting 259 with seven homers, but he's only got 139 at-bats on the year, right? He was injured. He doesn't have as many at-bats. And seven home runs through 139, that looks uh, not bad. He's got a little bit of righty pop, right-handed batter, and he's on an expiring contract. So that means he's not going to cost too much. He can replace Kyle Schwarber in left field. So you've got defense. You have a little bit of power, a righty bat, a former gold glover, a World Series champion. He was an all-star back in like 2016 or something, 2019. I, I don't know. But Adam Duvall is a guy that's been around the block. He's a guy that plays up in Boston for the Red Sox, so he should be available because the Red Sox are not going to compete in the American League or the AL East. And they're looking to sell, hey, go ahead and get him. Adam Duvall, I think, is the guy that fits well for me because the injury has made him not have as good of a year as he may be able to produce in the short term for the Philadelphia Phillies. The expiring contract makes him cheap. He, he's a veteran. Like, I don't know. He just seems to fit so well. I want Adam Duvall so much on this baseball team to play left field. And then you have Rojas as a defensive replacement or a pinch runner. Uh, Jake Cave, unfortunately, probably won't be with the team. Or maybe they'll send Rojas down and keep Cave. I, I don't know. Either way, you don't have to worry about either of those guys uh, who are less proven than Adam Duvall out there. Your outfield becomes Duvall, Marsh, Castellanos. I'm cool with that. Kyle Schwarber can DH. Bryce Harper can play first base every day. It, it just fits so well. There's another guy that would be interesting out there and left as well, and that would be Randall Gritchick from the Colorado Rockies. Now, he's got a little bit of power from the right side, but he's batting 313 this year. The average is through the roof, and he can handle the corner outfield spot. He can handle himself out there. 31 years old. He's on an expiring contract. I wrote down here. I have a little note sheet over here. I wrote down aging contract. I don't know what that means. He's on an expiring deal, so he won't cost you that much. Probably have to give him one or two like low-level prospects. Uh, he would feel the same need as Adam Duvall, just a little bit less pop, a little bit better, well, a lot better of an average. So if you're looking at a guy to be like a cleaner average hitter, uh, that would be where you go ahead and consider Grichuk as a trade possibility 
for the Philadelphia Phillies. The Rockies, again, feel like they're perennial sellers, and uh, they're going to be again this year. You got an opportunity to go ahead and get him. So that's that's something to look for there. And both of those needs stem from Kyle Schwarber not being able to play defense in left field. Like you have to get better defensively. You can't have him out there come like playoff push or postseason time. He's just too much of a liability. He's legitimately the worst defender in baseball. And if you can get a guy that adds something uh, like power, average, veteran presence, any of that stuff, that improves the team. Now, both of these guys, right-handed hitters. One other outfielder that I want to talk to you about, Cody Bellinger. A lot of people are in on Bellinger, though. He's been incredible. He's batting like 400-some over the last month. Uh, like He's having a hot stretch right now, a really good year, a former MVP. He's up there in Chicago. A lot of teams are interested in Cody Bellinger, including, I'm sure, the Philadelphia Phillies. Left-handed bat. So that makes him a little bit less of a fit. Remember, when Rob Thompson makes out these lineups, something you always see is he tries to split up righty and lefty. He's old school that way when it comes to the handedness and the matchups. And I do think there's something to that. I don't think he's crazy for doing that. Uh, but Duvall and Grichik are both righties. Also, Bellinger, a little bit more pricey because he's having a much better year. And those big names, like right or not, when you make a call on Randall Grichik batting 313, it's Randall Grichik. When you make a call on Cody Bellinger, they're like, yo, this guy was an MVP. It's Cody Bellinger. He's got name recognition. The price is higher just because his name is Cody Bellinger. And it, you might have to overpay for a guy that you shouldn't. It's kind of that whole money ball thing. You want to make the splashy signing. You want to. You want Giambi. You want Damon. Yeah, you want all those guys that are going to make fans say, oh, we got a star. But, hey, you might overpay for guys that don't produce like their names say they will. That's no knock on Bellinger. If they get Cody Bellinger, I'm not going to be upset about it one bit. I just think the other two guys fit better into where I think the price point is for the Philadelphia Phillies on acquiring an outfielder because I think they're going to spend more money on starting pitching. And coming up next, we're going to discuss a little bit about some starting pitchers available with, uh, with expiring contracts, maybe player options for one of them, and guys that uh, actually – an old friend is going to be mentioned, a guy that used to play for the Philadelphia Phillies. So we'll discuss that. And I've got a very uh, interesting thought process about why starting pitching will be the focus. Uh, so we'll get into that coming up as we continue Locked on Phillies. First, though, I want to tell you about my friends over at Ibotta. All right. Maybe you're picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue. You know, you're already doing it. Uh, so why not get cash back for it? Right. You're going to be doing a bunch of stuff. I mean, uh, new season with summer, not that summer's new, but like I just went through, uh, I'm wearing large shirts now instead of medium shirts. I probably should have been for a while. This is not the point of their ad read, but the point is I had to make a big change in my wardrobe where I got to buy a bunch of new shirts in a different size. Why not get cash back for that? You don't want money back for that? Who doesn't? Come on. Check out Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, uh, things like clothes, all, all that good stuff. And it can make sure, Ibotta can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's really that simple. You have the receipt, you upload it, you get your cash back, easy peasy. The average Ibotta user, listen to this, earns $120 per year. Think about what you could do with an extra $120. It could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. If you're like me and you shop for one person, that might be two shopping trips. It's absolutely awesome. It's a, it's game changer when it comes to your finances. 
and you could use your cash back uh, maybe to buy that flight you've been eyeing. Uh, you want to travel somewhere? That's a good idea. Other apps give you points that don't really amount to much. Uh, Abata, though. Abata is not giving you points or anything like that. No, you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, gift cards, however you want to put that. And you can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, uh, when you start with Abata, including Lowe's, Macy's. Sephora, ladies, you got to get that makeup, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Abata is offering our listeners $5 just for trying it. All you got to do is try Abata by using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Abata app. That's I-B-O-T-T-A app and use code MLB. Again, that's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB. All right, let's get into some starting pitchers here. Now, I, I would have loved Lucas Giolito, and unfortunately, it looked well, it looks like, sorry. Unfortunately, he went to the Angels. Now, it, it looks like another guy that I'm going to talk about later in uh, the Juan Soto conversation. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see my little graphic over here. I can't get my finger to point at it. That's so hard. My screen's mirrored. There it is, kind of pointing at it. Uh, that says I'm going to uh, talk about the Juan Soto watch and everything there. I'll talk about Nolan Arenado coming up in that one, but looks like he might be on the move. But Lucas Giolito has already gone to the Angels, who have taken Shohei Otani off the market and look like they're going for it. So a guy that I'm looking at, at starting pitcher, it's not Giolito, Marcus Stroman, currently with the Cubs. We just talked about Bellinger. Cubs are going to be sellers at the deadline. He's available. He's putting together a really solid year, a veteran pitcher, 32 years old, and he's got a player option for 2024. So there's a chance that if you go out and you get Marcus Stroman, you're bringing in a guy that could mitigate the Aaron Nola loss that I think is coming this offseason because I don't think the Phillies are going to pay him. Uh, he's got some good years left in him. And listen to these numbers. A 309 ERA, a 1144 whip, and he's a veteran guy. Now, people might not like Stroman because of, I don't know, he, he played for the Mets, uh, locker room stuff, whatever. I get it. This is a strong locker room. I think the Phillies will be fine with Stroman and – I like guys that can bring this team a World Series. I think Marcus Stroman being your fifth starter, like look at what Tywan Walker's done as a former Met. So if you have issues with the Mets, Walker's been pretty good for the Phillies this year. As a fifth starter, Marcus Stroman, you could do much, much worse. And I like him better than what Christopher Sanchez has been able – sorry, not has been able to give you, what I think he will be able to give you come playoff time. And Marcus Stroman, not too expensive – probably going to cost you a couple of prospects. They're in like double A, maybe even like triple A guys that are blocked by a position or anything like that. But Marcus Stroman, certainly available, certainly someone I'm interested in. Now I'm going to pull the stats up for this next guy here who's an old friend of ours. But while I'm doing that, I do want to tell you the Phillies take on the Pirates, 7.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Friday night. You can go ahead and listen to every pitch of the Phillies hometown broadcast of that game on the Sirius XM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. And you'll be able to pull up everything there to listen to the Phillies take on the Pirates. They won the last two against the Orioles. Uh, hot stretch, the mustache is 2-0 since I did that to switch up the vibes. And the Phillies seem to be making me look smart by doing that. But here's uh, another guy that I'm interested in as well. We talked about Boston. We talked about them being sellers. How about one Nick Pavetta? In the year 2023, he's got a 4-1-1 ERA, which doesn't look great. 7-5 and five on a team that's uh, not all that good, but he's been hot lately. He's been pitching really, really well as of late. He's a guy that started his career here in Philadelphia, so I know people are like, I don't want Nick Pavetta back. 
I mean, just look at some of these numbers from the past couple years in Boston, uh, as far as ERA and everything going on there. He four five three four five six four one one. I mean, uh, nine and eight record in twenty twenty one. Ten and twelve record in twenty twenty two. Seven and five record this year in twenty twenty three. He's not going to break the bank, but he's a guy that has shown that he can have really good starts when he needs to. He needs to. Uh, he's his strikeout numbers have consistently gone up 175 each of the last two years. And he's already got 100 this year, so it looks like he's on pace to do that or maybe even beat it. And the biggest thing I'm looking at this year, 1173 whip, which would be a career low. Uh, the ERA, eh, whatever. But Marcus Stroman is having a great year, and he's got a 1144 whip, 1173. For uh, Nick Pavetta is not far off that. He hasn't been letting a lot of guys on base, and the ERA may be a little bit misleading for how good Pavetta's actually been for Boston this year. Not expensive or anything like that. And let me just, because I haven't yet, look at his contract situation and see what he is signed through. Current contract status, signed through 2023, so an expiring deal, which makes him even cheaper. If you're going to go get Adam Duvall, maybe you do a twofer. The Phillies got... Um, sorry, uh, Brandon Marsh and Noah Syndergaard. I don't know. I couldn't remember their names from the Angels last year. Now, those were separate trades, but Dave Dombrowski has shown he'll trade with the same team multiple times. Maybe you get two guys from Boston. And another name that's out there is Lance Lynn. Now, Lance Lynn's been already connected to a couple teams and talks, so you know the White Sox are ready to move him. The White Sox, who also traded Lucas Giolito. Uh, yeah, Lance Lynn is most likely getting moved at the trade deadline. And I just want to make sure I got the uh, rumor. Yeah, the Rangers have discussed uh, a trade that would send Lance Lynn and relief pitcher Joe Kelly to Texas. And the Rangers are a good team. They're trying to fend off the Astros in the AL Central, West, West, Central. Uh, they're trying to fend off the Astros. I don't know why my mind's blanking on what division they play in. Not important. They're American League teams. We'll see them in the World Series. But – Lance Lynn could potentially be moving, and he's kind of the consolation prize to the Lucas Giolito sweepstakes. Maybe he works as well for a starting pitcher. At 2011 World Series, where two-time All-Star, he's a guy this year, 6'4", 7 ERA. He hasn't been great, but he's a veteran. Pitched for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. He's just a guy that's been around the block, kind of a Noah Syndergaard-ish, where maybe he's not having a great year, but he's got experience that Christopher Sanchez doesn't have, and you can add him into the back end of the rotation. So we'll see what goes on. Those are some starting pitchers, though. Uh, coming up as we wrap up, I'm going to talk about the relief pitcher market and just run through some free agent names that might be interesting, and I'll give you my thoughts on the big names and why I don't think they're moving. We'll discuss as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. All right, let's talk relief pitchers available around baseball because I've gotten some comments. I say they're going to add to the bullpen. Well, who do we think they're going to add? Let's talk about relief pitcher trade deadline targets. I'm going to get into that here in just a second as I pull that up. But real quick, I'll jump into this superstars thing with Juan Soto and Shohei Otani and Nolan Arenado. Now, it sounds like Nolan Arenado is willing to waive his no-trade clause to go to the Dodgers. The Dodgers are working on a deal for Arenado. I'd be surprised if he doesn't end up out there at this point. They have a way of just getting those guys at the deadline. It's L.A. People want to play in L.A. They want to play for the Dodgers, uh, all that good stuff. So whatever. He's probably off the market, off the opportunity for the Philadelphia Phillies to get. I said yesterday in the Bleacher Report stream I was talking about earlier that – 
Uh, I don't think Shohei Otani or Juan Soto are going to move because I think the Angels are too dumb to trade him and get a haul back. And they think they're actually competing for something, which I don't believe they are. And the Padres are a little bit stubborn, and I don't blame them. If you saw your team in the National League Championship Series last year, you believe that if you make it in, uh, you could just you have a chance. So that's why I think neither of them are moving. And Joey Otani, the Angels announced that he is staying, and then they turned into buyers at the trade deadline. So that's uh, proven my point there. We'll keep an eye on those developing situation. But looking at the relief pitcher market, first name that pops out is Aroldis Chapman. Uh, Chapman's got a 2.84 ERA this year in Kansas City with the Royals. The Royals think he's going to be on the market. He's 35, but uh, I mean, his 40.9 strikeout percentage is his best mark since 2018. He's been having a great year. He's on an expiring contract, so he's a rental. And you know Chapman's got plenty of experience. He's not the same guy that pumps 105 all the time, but he's still a proven guy that's pitching some tough markets. I think he would be really good for the Philadelphia Phillies to take a look at. Here's a guy that I've been talking about for years, Carl Edwards Jr. with the Nationals. Edwards had a really, really good start to 2023. 2-1-8 ERA in his first 22 outings through May 24th, and then he struggled a bit lately. But he was part of those Cubs teams that were really good. And then he's just kind of been like wasting away in Washington. But don't let the Washington tenure fool you. This is a guy that's pitched in big games before and has been around the block. He's 31. He's going to be a free agent this winter. He's an expiring deal. Carl Edwards Jr. has long been one of my favorite guys. And let's go a little bit uh, off, off the beaten path. Michael Fulmer, too, with the Cubs. We keep going back to Chicago. Would love the Phillies to do a Cubs deal with one of these guys, whether it's Bellinger or uh, whether it's Michael Fulmer or Marcus Stroman, any of these guys. Well, uh, Fulmer's on a one-year $4 million deal with the Cubs, and this season started out slow, but he hasn't allowed an earned run in 11 appearances dating back to May 28th. Uh, he's 2016 AL Rookie of the Year. He's got a little bit of a pedigree there because of that, and he's pretty darn good in, let's see what it says here, average exit velocity and hard hit percentage which are important for relievers. You want to keep the ball in the yard. So Fulmer, um, Carl Edwards Jr., Aroldis Chapman, these are all names that you could look at as far as guys the Phillies could bring in on the relief pitcher market. So there's plenty out there for Dave Dombrowski to do, right? Uh, by the way, Phillies Pirates, 7.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Friday. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies uh, hometown broadcast of that game on the SiriusXM app. But Dave Dombrowski – Wants to be aggressive, can be aggressive because of guys that you could move. Like, And there's a bevy of guys. Like big names, maybe Mick Abel moves. Maybe Griff McGarry moves, one of those guys. Uh, like lesser names, I don't know. You could be looking at guys like Hans Kraus, uh, Oscar De La Cruz, some really like no-name guys, not no-name, but uh, younger guys like Gabriel Rincon or Alex McFarlane, who are 22-year-olds down in high A ball. The Phillies do have names that are attractive. Even if you know, don't know them as household names, the farm system isn't as bad as it's been in the past. They can go out and get these guys if they choose to. I expect Dave Dombrowski to find a good fair price as well. So it should be an interesting trade deadline. But there are my full, uh, full thoughts. Appreciate you being along for the ride for that. Hopefully that uh, filled all your concerns for the trade deadline questions. And hopefully by the time you listen to this, those guys haven't all been traded. But I appreciate you checking us out. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Phillies. That's all for today's episode. Uh, make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube Locked On Phillies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I will talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.